This is the Empowered Athlete Podcast, hosted by yours truly, the one and only Natty Boss, lifelong athlete, sports dietitian, breathwork facilitator, personal development junkie, and holistic performance coach. This podcast is here to change the paradigm of what it means to be a high-performance athlete. The intention and mission of this podcast is to help you create freedom, clarity, and balance in your life while giving you the tools to heal yourself, improve your well-being, and optimize performance. I believe that in order to reach our highest potential in this human experience, we must unlearn and let go of everything we've been conditioned to believe about ourselves and the world so that we can truly tap into what our divine path is and have the courage to pursue the curriculum of our soul. It's my hope that after every episode, you feel activated and empowered to make change in your life that supports you in operating from a place of alignment of who you're meant to be. Get ready for major shifts and transformation. It's time to dive in. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Empowered Athlete Podcast. In today's solo episode, I'm diving into 10 ways to boost your protein intake. Having worked with hundreds of athletes over the years, one of the common threads I see is this struggle to meet their protein. And this can be for numerous reasons. It could be because of schedule. It could be because of preferences, not liking certain types of protein foods. It could be things like being vegetarian or vegan, where you're omitting a lot of those meat-based sources. It could be digestive issues, making it hard to digest certain meats like red meat that's a very heavy, dense meat. So there's lots of reasons why people struggle to meet their protein, but protein is so essential for building and maintaining our muscle mass. And as athletes, that's really important, right? And so I want to share with you 10 specific foods that are actually plant-based friendly, so they are vegan. So this can work for every single type of person out there obviously, unless you're allergic to them. But these are the ways in which I have over the years integrated little protein boosts in my meals so that I can meet my needs. Now, as a plant-based athlete, that was definitely something that I was very intentional about because somebody who is building muscle and wants to maintain strength, protein is something that I can't just mindlessly think about, right? I need to be very intentional to make sure that I'm getting what I need. And so I found so many hacks over the years having done this And so I want to share that with you. So these are going to be ways in which you can not only boost your protein intake as far as integrating the foods into your diet, but also just my preference and strategies for how to actually utilize these foods in specific meals so that you have an idea of how to get started, right? Instead of just giving me giving you these foods and not really knowing what to do with them. Hopefully in some of the examples I share with you, you will be able to have an idea of how to start integrating them into meals and reap the benefits of the added protein boost. So let's dive in. So the first one is hemp seeds. And what I'm going to be sharing is kind of the amount of protein you'll be getting with each of these foods. So for hemp seeds, For three tablespoons, you're going to get 10 grams of protein. That's a lot of protein for a little seed, right? And three tablespoons is really easy to add to things. So some of my favorite ways to incorporate hemp seeds are going to be adding to oatmeal, smoothies, topping your avocado toast or your peanut butter and jelly toast with hemp seeds is probably my number one go-to. Stir fries even, adding it to stir fries the three tablespoons and tossing it around, whatever your sauce is, your veggie, your protein, beautiful way to add 
the extra protein boost, and also things like yogurt bowls, right? If you're making an acai bowl or a yogurt bowl, hemp seeds are an amazing way to go. They do tend to be on the pricier side. However, they really go a long way. So it's absolutely worth the investment. Our second food is going to be chia seeds. They go hand in hand with hemp seeds. Now for two and a half tablespoons of chia seeds, you're going to get five grams of protein. So it's not as protein dominant as hemp seeds are. I would say out of the seeds, hemp seeds, and usually when we talk about the seeds in this way, it's going to be hemp seed, chia seed, and flaxseed. Hemp seeds are going to be the most protein dominant. And then chia seeds and then flax seeds. Other than protein, they're going to be providing fat. But from a protein perspective, hemp seeds are going to be absolutely triumph over the other two. But chia seeds still offer an additional five grams of protein, which, you know, going from 20 grams of protein to five to 25 grams of protein is a significant increase. You know, that still matters 100%. So I would say don't underestimate the power of chia seeds. And again, these are things like everything that you can do with hemp seeds, you can do with chia seeds. Uh, but one of the most common ones I know is like the chia seed puddings, right? You can make a lot of desserts with chia seeds because chia seeds have this like gel quality. When they are absorbed with a liquid, they get gel-like. So a lot of people like to make puddings um, and like using yogurt to solidify it just to make different texture and explore different recipes that can make food fun. So I definitely recommend checking out chia seed recipes uh, when it comes to like the puddings because those can be great for say like the overnight breakfast ideas, especially if you are somebody who is going to have pro uh, your breakfast on the go. You want to make sure it is, it is a protein packed breakfast. And so that's a great way to just boost it a little bit. Next up is canned spinach. I feel like this is a hidden gem. Canned spinach, a whole can, is seven grams of protein. And that might not sound like a lot, but it really is. I mean, if you think about it for a vegetable, that is a lot of protein. And seven grams, you know, is a decent amount. And one of the ways in which I like to add this is you can cook this, add a whole can of spinach, drain it, and then add it to your protein source in a pan that you want to saute for your meal prep. So if you eat meat, you can add it with chicken, you can add it with ground beef. Those are probably going to be like the most common options. It probably will taste the best with. Um, and But also if you're doing any type of plant-based like tofu or tempeh, you could absolutely include it with that. And that's going to, again, boost the protein content. You can also add canned spinach to pasta sauces, soups, and casseroles. Soups is one of my favorites. It depends on what kind of soup you're making. Again, you know, there's a cream spinach soup, um, but I personally like to do it very simple. I like veggie broth, maybe some rice noodles, tofu, and some canned spinach. And usually when I want something that's a little bit lighter and I don't have the biggest appetite, that's usually my go-to. Um, and it's high in protein. And it tastes really good. Of course, you got to season it so it's not bland. But other than that, you're getting a decent amount of protein. But I would definitely say blending it with sauces is a great way to go to kind of, quote unquote, hide your veggies, but still get that extra protein boost. And things like casseroles or lasagnas, you, these are really easy ways to add spinach, canned spinach specifically, into these recipes to boost the protein content. So our fourth food is going to be tofu. And I'm sure you heard of tofu, but specifically, I wanted to point out this type of tofu that is specifically designed to be high protein. Now, if you go to the store and you see the regular tofu that's kind of um, sitting in the water packages, they're generally going to be the firm, the extra firm, 
maybe the soft, and that's totally fine. But I do want you to know there is a difference between what I'm recommending. So if you go to the grocery store and get just an original firm tofu, about one fifth of that package is the serving, and that offers eight grams of protein, which is still a great way to add protein to your meals. However, if you specifically look for the high protein variation, specifically, and I will link this in the show notes, Nasoya brand is the tried and true brand that I use. It offers 14 grams per serving. It literally doubles the grams of protein per serving with this highly packed protein into the tofu. I highly recommend this, especially if you're plant-based, especially if you are vegan because tofu is one of our main protein sources. And so if you can double the amount of protein in the same serving size, that is seriously going to go a long way. I highly recommend this. Again, I will post that in the show notes for the exact brand that I use and love every single week. Now, in addition to just the idea of this particular tofu, I also just wanted to say, you know, tofu is also great to mix into meat. So if you are, you know, an omnivore and you're eating ground beef, even if you add this tofu with your ground beef, you're still getting high amount of protein, but you're also cutting back on expense a little because I know that regular meat is really expensive, whereas tofu is not, doesn't even come close to the price of regular meat. Um, and so if you want to stretch your budget a little bit longer, cutting kind of even a third of tofu with the rest of your meat or half and half is a great way to kind of stretch that bill a little bit. And you're also increasing your nutrient profile of your meal because tofu is one of the best sources of calcium. So something to think about. You don't have to take it, but I did want to offer it. And now with that said, we're going to go to number five, which is silken tofu specifically. And the reason why I wanted to separate this is because the uses are going to be different. So for silken tofu, this is primarily for homemade desserts. I mean, that is what the hallmark of all vegan desserts use silken tofu. And it's because of the texture. It literally melts in your mouth. So if you want to make any homemade desserts, again, what are we always looking to do? We're usually trying to find a way to make a recipe that's high protein so that we can meet our protein needs as athletes, but we can also enjoy desserts, right? And so integrating silken tofu into any homemade dessert, whether it's your own recipe or you're finding one on Pinterest, definitely recommend doing that. There's also lots of vegan dessert food accounts on Instagram. I don't follow any of, of course. Um, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I literally follow like so many of them and they are just so bomb. <laughs> and I've definitely replicated a, quite a few recipes and it's just so amazing, not only in taste, but to know that I'm also getting that protein boost too and being able to enjoy this amazing dessert. For me, that is a win-win. So that is the silken tofu. Now, what I wanted to say about that is a whole container of silken tofu, which usually comes in like a cardboard little box is 28 grams of protein. So for the whole container, which can be your serving for a meal is 28 grams of protein. So that's pretty epic. And I will say numerous times I have had that as part of my meals just in college, you know, as a young adult, like it's a really amazing quick protein source that again is rich in calcium that gives you about 30 grams of protein. And it's great for traveling because it doesn't need to be refrigerated. A lot of times uh, silken tofu is not refrigerated. Like in the grocery store, you'll see it in the Asian sections, um, but it's not 
refrigerated. So that's cool because you can kind of keep it in your car, you know, keep it with you and not have to worry about the temperature. However, if it is in the grocery store in the refrigerator section, of course, as always with anything, if something is refrigerated, it must maintain refrigeration. So something to consider. But a lot of times silken tofu is not refrigerated. So that's awesome because it just extends the shelf life a little bit. But again, you can literally eat that with a spoon. I would open the container, eat it with a spoon, and you have to, I guess, like the taste of tofu because for me, it tastes amazing. I love the taste of silken tofu. If you've never had it, totally recommend trying it. But of course, like I said, most of the time it's used integrated within recipes. So um, another way you can integrate this is like if you want to add it to eggs or a to uh, make like a tofu scramble, that's another more savory option that people will go for as well. But it is a great option for traveling, like I said, because it's on the go, it's already packaged completely. And it's usually, like I said, a single serving. One box is going to be 30 grams. So that'll be able to hold you over for your lunch. All right. The next way to boost your protein intake is through protein powder. And of course, I know that you have heard this one and you're probably utilizing this one, which is amazing. So I really just wanted to offer you a way to really get the best like packed in protein that you possibly can, which is something I've been favoring a lot lately. And it's giving me like 30 to 35 grams of protein, which is incredible. And so most protein powders, I will say... If you're really going for like a clean protein powder, you're going to get about 20 grams of protein. But there are some that maybe if they're quote unquote for females, which I don't know why they have less protein for females. It's stupid. But sometimes they could be like 15 grams for girls. So you have to look at the label. But I would say in general, it's going to be 20 grams of protein for a scoop. That's pretty epic. And again, you can add that into a million things. I won't harp on that because I know that you've used protein powder in lots of different ways. However, what you can do to really add like an amazing little snack or meal uh, that again gets you 30, 35 grams is mixing your protein powder with yogurt and specifically if you can get a Greek yogurt. So there are lots of plant-based, I know um, Silk specifically has a Greek plant-based yogurt. And that's the one that I usually use because I believe it's about 10 or 11 grams just for the one little six ounce serving. And then when I add my 20 grams of protein powder into that and mix it together, that's already 30 grams of protein. And that's not including the toppings that I like to add on top, which are going to be some hemp seeds, chia seeds, peanut butter. So by that point, I'm literally getting this little meal or snack 30 to 40 grams of protein. And I don't go over 40. You guys know that that is the cap for protein as far as how it is digested and absorbed in the body. So we don't want to ever go past 40 in one sitting, but I just wanted to prove the point of how much protein you could possibly get when you add these little hacks, right? The hemp seeds add up, the chia seeds add up, the peanut butter adds up. Then you have the Greek yogurt on top of the protein powder, all of that. And you're easily hitting 35 to 40 grams of protein, which is amazing. Um, so like I said, for the Greek yogurt aspect, it can be regular Greek yogurt if you eat dairy and that's fine for you. But if you are plant-based completely, then you do want to look for the plant-based version. And I would recommend the Greek yogurt specific because that's what's going to have the boost of protein. Of course, if it's not available for you, you can absolutely still do a plant-based yogurt. Generally, they have less grams of protein, probably, you know, five grams or less. 
Um, so you just have to account for that and realize that as long as you add the protein powder, you're still going to get, you know, a decent amount of protein. It's just not the maximal that you can get with the Greek yogurt. So hopefully that made sense. All right. Next thing we're going to get into is nutritional yeast. One of my favorite ways to boost protein, best hack on the planet. It's an amazing source of B12. And for one fourth a cup, you get eight grams. And this is a really easy way to boost your protein content of your meals because a fourth cup really isn't that much at all. And so you could easily double that and do a half cup if you're adding it to a recipe. And then all of a sudden you're going from eight grams to 16 grams, right? So you can see how it's really easy, especially if you're adding it to things like maybe eggs or even a tofu scramble and that's your serving. You just boosted eight to 16 grams, depending on how much you're using, you know, in that particular portion. And that's going to go a long way. That's definitely going to hold you over um, because that's a lot of protein that you're eating. Now, for those who don't know, nutritional yeast has like a cheesy undertone. So it's good for anything that you want to add an element of cheese, essentially. So again, this is a great thing to sprinkle on your sandwiches, add to your pastas and your pasta sauces and dishes. Now, a really cool thing that I've done is when I've um, done tofu, I've liked to kind of create quote unquote like a breaded tofu. And instead of using breadcrumbs, I will use nutritional yeast. Now, I love it. I think it's a genius hack because not only is it creating that um, kind of perception of having breadcrumbs and just making it a different texture, but it's all made from protein. So now I'm really boosting the protein content in addition to the tofu that I'm using, which in that case, anytime I'm doing things baked, I will be using my high protein tofu that I talked about, the Nisoya brand that offers 14 grams for a fifth of the package. But when I bread that with the nutritional yeast, that adds even more protein. And of course, you can do this with regular protein too, such as like chicken. So if you want to make a breaded chicken at home, same thing. If you don't want to completely get rid of the breadcrumbs and you want to just cut it, as always, you can cut half and half. The breadcrumbs may work a little bit better with your recipe. But if you want to add the protein boost, you can do half the breadcrumbs, half the nutritional yeast, make sure you're mixing it, you know, as that combined mix together before you dip whatever protein you're going to use. Great way to add extra protein to your meal. And you can also add it to savory oatmeal. So there's a lot of people out there that love savory oatmeal dishes. And so I say, if that is you, nutritional yeast is an amazing way to add protein and just extra nutrients to your meal. So I totally recommend trying nutritional yeast that is linked in my Amazon store because it's a staple with everything that I do. I think my biggest utilization of nutritional yeast is going to be in my tofu scrambles, like 100%. It adds, like I said, that cheesy undertone. So it just is a way of adding cheese without cheese and it's way more healthy in my opinion. Um, so that is why I absolutely recommend you try. Now we're moving into number eight. Number eight is dry roasted edamame. So this is something that I just stumbled upon years ago at a health food store and they just come in, you know, bags or even like big plastic containers, depending on where you're at or a bulk store or Amazon or anything like that. Um, but dry roasted edamame is so yummy. 
it is an amazing protein source. So a third cup is 14 grams of protein. And this is seriously underrated. I think out of everything that I'm going to be talking about, this is the most underrated. Um, but these are my favorite to just literally eat solo or to just top on salad as like a crunch factor. So those are my main ways of doing it. Like I literally will just eat it. Like when people eat a handful of nuts, I eat a handful of the dry roasted edamame. It is so good. And depending on what flavor you like, um, I know they have sea salt out there, but I actually tend towards the wasabi. I think there's like a little bit of a pinch and it just tastes so good. I really recommend it. One of the things I've been liking recently is when I'm making homemade uh, trail mix, I will use mixed nuts. I'll add dried mulberries and dried roasted edamame and then mix it all together. So that's another way to add some protein just in like a quick little snack. That's been one of my favorite like high protein, high fat snacks. Um, and it's super yummy because there's this balance between crunch and chewy from the mulberries and they're salty and it's just like a beautiful little array of flavors and textures. Give it a try. All right. So the next one is soy milk. This is a great way to boost your protein intake. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I feel like most people, when they kind of shift away from regular cow's milk, the only downfall to doing that, if you were really relying on that as part of your diet, is that you are losing protein. And one of the biggest things, because they've done a great job as far as marketing, is switching to almond milk. And the biggest issue I have with almond milk is that there is zero protein. Actually, I don't really drink almond milk ever because of that. I'm like, it's, it's seriously just water because it's 20 calories and zero protein. I'm like, what, am, what is this giving me? Nothing. So I really recommend doing away with almond milk because it offers nothing. And I really want to encourage you to go to soy milk because if you're going to make that swap from dairy, you know, I'm a fan and I will absolutely support you in that. However, like I said, you are going to be missing out on the protein because milk is going to be eight grams of protein per serving. And when you take that away, that's, you know, essentially eight grams that you're not eating if you're not intentionally replacing it. Soy milk is the closest comparison to that. So most soy milks are going to be an additional six to, I would even say eight, 10, 12 grams, because nowadays they're really adding protein to the soy milks. But when you go to like a bare bone, original type of soy milk from Silk, which is my favorite brand, um, I would say eight to 10 is going to be the average. So that's really all I wanted to say on soy milk is if you're not eating or drinking rather soy milk, start doing that instead of almond milk, instead of rice milk, instead of oat milk, that doesn't offer, those don't offer protein really the best replacement for cow's milk, if you're shifting plant-based, is soy milk, hands down. So that's really all I wanted to say in regard to boosting your protein intake. A great way to instantly add eight grams is by swapping out your milks. And number 10 is going to be multigrain products. So I feel like this is also a hidden gem. When you are focusing on like true multigrain products where there's like lots of nuts and seeds and it's not stripped of all of the nutrients, they actually offer quite a bit of protein. So one of my favorite kind of brands is Dave's Killer Bread. And this is just in regard to bread, but of course, like there's different things out there you have to read the labels for. But I wanted to speak to this one because 
one slice is five grams of protein. So if you have a sandwich and you're using two slices, you're adding automatically 10 grams of protein to that meal, which isn't even including, you know, the things that you're putting on the actual sandwich. So I wanted to point that out because these are little small intentional shifts that you can make that automatically are going to help you get to your protein needs. So in other words, the other thing I wanted to say is like, with all of this, you can't be afraid to eat, you know, can't be afraid to try these foods because of calories, because of fat, because of whatever notion is that you have that you cannot eat these foods. Focus on the protein first. I really think that's important as athletes. Don't get caught up in the carbs because of course, you know, I think one slice of that bread is about 20 something grams of carbs. So if I have two slices, I'm getting 10 grams of protein, but I am getting 40 grams of carbs, maybe a little bit more. And that can scare some people, right? Because they're like 40 grams of carbs. Like I can't have that, but you actually can as an athlete. And that's a huge part of like what I teach and promote is realizing that like, we actually need way more than we think. And because of our active lifestyle, you know, we're actually utilizing that stuff. It's so, it's such a different story. If you're sedentary, you don't do anything and all you're doing is eating carbs all day. Yes, you don't need that. But as, you know, an active athlete in jujitsu and who's committed going multiple times a week and maybe even doing cross training, you need carbs. So don't focus on counting the carbs, focus on meeting your protein needs. And if you feel good in that process, whatever carbs come with that, then that's the carbs that you need, right? Because if you're feeling good, if you're performing well, and you, you know, reverse engineer all the food that you ate just for one day, and you're like, let me see how many carbs all this is. You're like, holy crap, this is 300 grams of carbs. What the heck? Well, what the heck is, that's exactly what you needed to actually fuel yourself and to feel good and perform well. So it's really about like deconstructing those boxes you put yourself in, in regard to food and how much you can have focus on how you feel, right? And protein is the one thing that we do need to monitor and have like more intentional approach with because there are certain limits in the body. Like I've mentioned before, like we can only have a certain amount of one sitting and it's only recommended to do, to go like 1.8 to 2.0 grams per kilogram per day. So there are more limits there than there are in carbohydrate. So tracking your protein makes more sense. Um, and that's my little spiel on that. Lastly, I just want to give a quick little bonus that kind of goes hand in hand with the multigrain products, but these are like more um, just processed, if you will. So the other foods I gave you are, you know, minimally processed to whole foods, which is the goal, right? Adding protein in a way where we can, you know, increase our whole food consumption is always the goal. But the reality is we're going to need some of these supplementations because of just the life that we have and whether it's convenience, whether it's food sensitivities, you know, there's just lots of different reasons. And so you want to work with what we have and make it work for you. So just in addition to like the multigrain products, like I said, I like to look for protein pancake mix. So this is something that you can keep just stored in your pantry. Uh, protein pancake mix, if you're not making it from scratch, my favorite brand is Birch Benders. And Birch Benders has a plant-based protein mix that offers, I think it's like 10 grams per serving. I don't actually remember, but 
I usually make the whole bag. So I'm making it as part of a meal prep. So the whole bag with two scoops of protein powder, because that's how I make my uh, pancakes. So this is what I'm sharing with you. I use two scoops of protein powder at 20 grams each, which is 40 grams, plus a whole bag of the protein pancake mix. That gives me 140 grams of protein for that entire thing. So the bag itself is 100 grams. And then the extra two scoops of protein powder is 140 grams for the entire batch. Now, I make, based off the size of my pancakes, are going to be 14 pancakes because I try to get two a day. So I can do like two for Monday, two for Tuesday, two for Wednesday, two for Thursday, have some for the weekend. And that's how I like to do my meal prep to ensure that I have breakfast ready for the week. Um, And sometimes I like to have extra just in case LJ wants a bite or two because he always ends up wanting them. Um, So I kind of integrate his meal prep in with mine. But 14 pancakes will basically come down to 10 grams of protein per pancake with the recipe that I gave you. So if I'm having two of those pancakes, then that's going to be 20 grams of protein for two pancakes, right? Completely plant-based and it's not even adding anything else that I'm adding, such as tofu scramble or um, uh, peanut butter, which is a staple on my pancakes, which is another like seven grams, right? So I'm already doing 27 grams and then not even adding chia seeds, hemp seeds, right? So there's a, that's a really easy, quick breakfast or an amazing pre-workout as well, just to have carbs and protein, you know, one pancake or two pancakes an hour before you're about to train. If that works with you and your digestive system, you know, give it a shot. It's a great pre-workout too. If you're not going to make it so bulky, I would say it can definitely work. And then lastly is just protein waffles. So they have a brand Vans that has protein, plant-based protein waffles. These are frozen. So this is a great thing to store in your freezer for something you need on emergency. And two waffles is nine grams of protein. So again, just instead of just a regular waffle that has no protein, you're getting nine grams of protein. So being intentional about what you're spending, looking at nutrition labels is so important so you can really maximize your dollar and make sure that you're getting the maximum amount of protein you possibly can. So that concludes this, what was supposed to be a short episode, but it just ended up being, you know, about 30 minutes, but that's where we're at. And this is my 10 ways and strategies and tips for boosting your protein intake. I hope that it was helpful. Let me know which of these foods maybe are new for you that you're going to try. Shoot me a DM on Instagram as always at body by boss LLC. I would love to know what your takeaways are of this episode and I will see you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in.